0: leadership lane. I'm your host, Bruce Waller, where I get to talk to leaders that are making a difference in the workplace and in our community. What did they do to get started? And what are they doing to stay there, to stay in that leadership lane? And today, oh my goodness, I have a special guest. His name is Jed Gifford. Jed is the Talent Acquisition Manager at Co. And you might know another company that is associated with Hernco, and that is D&M Leasing. Jed, so excited to have you on the show, man.
1: Great to be here, Bruce. Thanks for the invitation. Every time I get a chance to, to connect and chat with you, it's a it's bonus. You know, last, uh, last time we connected, I was thinking back.
0: You know, uh, we've met a while back at ATD, which uh, for those who don't know, that's the Association for Talent Development uh, but we also, I was trying to think, our last face-to-face may have been LinkedIn Live when they came to Dallas back in
1: 2019. It was. It was, it was pre, pre-COVID, pre pre-pandemic, when we met in person at the Dallas Convention Center. You bet. it was. Uh, that was a great event. And, and fortunately, with it being in Dallas, we were, were fortunate to uh, both attend. We didn't have to get on a, on a plane and travel somewhere.
0: <laughs> oh man, that was fantastic. Hey, I want to give a quick shout out to a mutual friend of ours, and that is Beth G with partnership employment. She uh, reached out and said, Hey, you know what, have you had Jed on the show yet? I'm like, No, I've
1: got him on my list. So let's get him on. So let's give a shout out to Beth. Yes, fantastic. I, I, I'm all about networking. And so Beth, Beth connected both of us uh, again, or reconnected us and it, it just worked out perfectly and our schedules aligned.
0: Well, you know, we're going to talk about networking. We're going to talk about talent acquisition and and all things around that. But I always like to ask our guests to start the show to share a brief highlight of your organization, uh, which is Hernco. And how yes. do you serve your customers?
1: So people don't necessarily know Hernco. That's the privately held parent company of DNM leasing. Well, DNM leasing is all over social media, all over the radio. We've been around since 1976. And so we're actually very proud of celebrating. 45 years of being in business. And so in the name, it says leasing, automotive leasing, DNM automotive leasing, but we also finance and, and do cash deals. And uh, we've been uh, basically supplying uh, the, the entire state of Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, uh, and Houston for, for decades now, vehicles. Uh, and so we're in the automotive sandbox, but we're not a traditional dealership. And so we're, we're very proud that we have over a billion dollars worth of, uh, of inventory and vehicles on the road today servicing and, and, and keeping thousands and thousands of clients very satisfied uh, with their automotive needs. You know, I,
0: I remember uh, listening to the ticket radio and that that little jingle, DMM <laughs> leasing jingle would play and it's in that's my right. head right now. So, that's right. oh man, that's fantastic. Listen, I'm so excited to have you on the show. I I, I know we, we, we know each other through our, our business, but I want to take a deeper dive today. And and sure. I want to I want to know uh, more about Jed Gifford. So I would love for you to share the Jed Gifford story. Like, where did you grow up and how in the world did you get into
1: talent acquisition and leadership? Sure. Well, it's an interesting story, and it starts it actually in Fargo, North Dakota. My parents are actually originally from Syracuse, New York, but my dad had taken a position in the Midwest. And so my brother and I were actually born in Fargo, North Dakota on the bison. Uh, but uh, I consider myself a Texan. We moved uh, to, to North Texas, actually Plano, uh, when I was five years old, and so for all intents and purposes, outside of two years in high school, my freshman and sophomore year, I- I'm a Texan. I'm very proud to say I'm, I- I'm from Texas. Uh, I'm like the bumper sticker. I wasn't born here, but I got here as fast as I could, and so um, grew up in Texas, grew up in Plano, uh, was very involved early on in, in sports, but I recognized that I wasn't going to be a, a college or professional athlete, and so Kind of, my passion is always about storytelling, uh, and so I really pursued journalism. And so, uh, in high school, uh, I, I wrote for the student newspaper, wrote for the yearbook. Uh, in college, I went to the University of Texas down in down in Austin, so Hook'em Horns, uh, and really focused on 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 writing for the the student newspaper, the Daily Texan. Uh, worked at the student radio station, but my passion was always, you know, why why can't I be Peter Jennings from ABC News or Bob Costas on, on NBC covering? Super Bowls and Olympics and that type of thing. And so that's really what I did. I I majored in broadcast television uh, and worked in TV on air and off air for about seven years doing news and sports. Sherman Denison, Augusta, Georgia, Austin, Dallas, uh, the nomad TV life. Um, But people ask, so how did you go from being so passionate about journalism and storytelling and covering the Stars win the Stanley Cup and the Cowboys at training camp and uh, you know, the SEC football and the, the 96 Olympics, all of that into, wait a minute, you're in talent acquisition, corporate talent acquisition. How did you do that? And I would say it's really, I'm, I'm again, telling stories. I'm interviewing people. I'm just now doing it without a camera and a microphone. And so still using the, the skill set. who, what, when, where, and why I'm, I'm fact-finding, I'm doing detective work, um, but I have more of a work-life balance. And so what's great about what I did early in my career is it helped me build structure it helped me really uh, hone my craft on uh, networking and, and finding out what people are looking for and, and how I can assist assist them in their, in their careers and, and, and their own personal stories. And so uh, I've had kind of two careers, Bruce, one previously in broadcast television and, and now a second career over the last 20 years uh, in, in corporate town acquisition, the executive search recruiting agency world.
0: I love that. You know, every time uh, someone tells me they're from Fargo, North Dakota, and you probably get this, I always think about the movie Fargo,
1: which which doesn't wasn't t- didn't take place in Fargo. It took a place in Minnesota. That's what's crazy. It's a wonderful you know movie. But you know, I'm glad North Dakota State and the football program has been featured on ESPN College Game Day has kind of uh, I guess stripped that away. But yeah, you know, it gets a bad rap, and it's it's a beautiful. Midwest, uh, upper Midwest uh, city and and community. But uh, no, you're exactly right. It was Fargo. The whole movie takes place in Minnesota. So who knows, right?
0: Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Hey, I want to. I, I do want to get into uh, a little bit of some of the people that really have helped you along the way. But I want to. I mean, first of all, you have a. You definitely have a radio television voice. I mean, so I can definitely see your broadcasting career. Uh, but you mentioned storytelling, and I'll, I want to dive into that because I had Jimmy Richards on mm-hmm. the show. He is also a talent acquisition leader at Interstate Batteries, and he talked about the importance of storytelling. Just kind of talk a little bit about why is that so important and why do you love that so much? Sure.
1: Well, I I think I really enjoy carrying the flag uh, of my company and being proud of, of the companies I've worked for in the past uh, I'm now back in automotive got recruited we'll get into this probably a little bit later but I got recruited by the the actual CFO of hern Co and dm he found me on LinkedIn passively with an email email message so uh, but I'm proud of carrying the flag uh and and being an ambassador uh, of the company uh, and that's storytelling I get to tell the story the, mm-hmm. order, the back backstory the what we're doing uh with with hern Co and dnm and our various uh, various other business uh units and, and departments and so I, I I continue to be able to be a, a broadcaster. I'm just broadcasting what, what D&M and our various other companies are all about. And that's storytelling and, and sharing it you know, either over the phone or via uh, a video interview or, or ideally in person. And so storytelling is at the core of, of what a company is all about and you know, where we've been and where we want to go.
0: You know, Jed, it's it's interesting. You know, here we we're, were talking about your broadcast career early on, and, and now your corporate career. But you know, did you ever envision back then? That, I mean, this like what we're doing now is like broadcast TV. Did it is. Did
1: that we would have this today? Well, the technology is immense. I when I was just talking with my with my wife about over the last, what's happened over the last 25 years with just the World Wide Web and the internet and, and how I'm, you know, you and I are both filling the frame perfectly, right? We're not, <laughs> we're filling uh, the screen. And, and so we are in broadcasting. And what I think has helped with what I do with Zoom interviews, talking with candidates and vendors is I'm comfortable on camera. I'm comfortable on a Zoom. I talked to somebody actually this morning who had never been on a, a video interview. We use Zoom as our format. Uh, but he had never been on a Zoom. And so you want to dress for success. You want to be presenting yourself and your company that you're representing uh, in the best possible light. And so it is amazing the technology, what's happened over the last 25 years. When I was, after I'd left uh, uh, local television, I worked for a company in Las Colinas where we partnered with over 200 TV stations and networks around the country. So I was an account manager. I was a talent scout. And so I was helping these TV stations and networks around the country find weather, sports, anchors, news, And we started with literally VHS tapes, and then DVDs, and now it's all internet link. And so it has definitely uh, transformed, um, given technology and and what we're doing right now on a zoom, uh, how quickly we're able to, uh, you know, talk to someone uh, pretty instantaneously. It's pretty amazing. And, uh, and kind of, if you think about it, kind of blows your mind.
0: Yeah, and I know that uh, I know it's been a real advantage for uh, candidates and, and the you know the the hiring professionals, talent acquisition leaders. I mean, uh, there's just so many areas that it's helped. Hey, I want to I want to ask you. Uh, speaking of helping, you know, mm-hmm. you you uh, you didn't start out where you are now. I mean, it took you a while to get to where you are now. Yeah, I'm. Did. I'm curious. Were there some people that helped you along the way? I will always like to call them, you know, mentors or just people sure. in your life that helped you along the way. And, and what did they do that were, were made them such good mentors for you?
1: Sure. Well, I, I'll start right from the very beginning uh, while I was in college and in, interning at a TV station. I'll, I'll start there and then work my way through mm-hmm. into corporate, corporate uh, environments, Fortune 100, Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 companies. It was Tobin Vaughn, actually, a newscast producer at at NBC 36 in Austin, who was the intern coordinator. I worked for him. And and he really kind of set the tone for my my broadcast career right from the beginning because I knew this is what I wanted to pursue pursue, uh, as a career. And he really he he said something that still resonates with me today. Is something tough, is something or or something you do tough or stupid? Right? Pretty quick. Two questions. Is something tough or stupid? And really, how do you approach it? And so you know, that seems like a simple kind of odd question, but that really resonates with me in, term, in terms of what I'm do on, doing on a daily basis, right? It, is, it, is it something frivolous and not necessary? Is it something that I need to, uh, you know, showcase my skill set and, and really it toughen up? And so uh, it really kind of approaches how I approach my work ethic and daily life in terms of, you know, making sure I'm not stupid and making sure I'm tough enough for whatever assignments uh, ahead of me. Uh, I would say uh, folks that I've worked with when I was at, at KDFW Fox Four, Mike Ducey uh, and Kevin Morell were influential in in how I go about my business and acting like a professional. I think that's mm. cool. um, then Sandra Connell at Talent Dynamics, the, the company that I that I shared earlier, where we partnered with over 200 TV stations and networks. She's an industry icon uh, and basically built a company uh, from scratch, and so I'm very privileged to have worked for her. And then as I transitioned away from broadcast television for more of a work-life balance. Uh, I would say uh, folks that I uh, worked with, Vic Keller and Lori Nye at the Van Tile Group, which is now Berkshire Hathaway Automotive. Uh, I would say Brian Rankin, uh, my my boss at, at Lennox International, and now my current uh, executive, Greg Buell, uh, who is who found me on LinkedIn and who is the Hernco D&M CFO. I've learned a, a little bit of everything from these individuals that really has allowed me to, to be who I am today um, and I'm very proud to, to stay, stay in contact with them and, and, and consider them mentors.
0: Well, I appreciate everything you shared there. And it sounds like you've been surrounded by some extraordinary leaders. Yes. And I uh, always like to share this, though, about the, the mentoring uh, piece of it. And that is, you kind of mentioned it when you're talking about Mike Ducey. And you mentioned that he taught you how to act like a professional. And that's the one thing I noticed about leaders that live life in the leadership lane is that not only were they surrounded by people that showed them how how to be and who to be, uh, but now they're now they can show others how they or who they should be too, just by their uh, just by the way they go and, and, and about their business as a professional. Uh, that's pretty special.
1: Well, I think because he's a public figure, right? He's on television five days a week, six days a week. He has a public persona, and then I also I knew him, you know, off air, and so. You know, he's someone that has been in the, the Dallas Fort Worth uh, market for now over 25 years with Dale Hansen retiring. He's now the dean uh, of broadcasters. And so, uh, you know, even though I m- might not be working with him anymore, it's been it's been a little bit since we worked together, we're still in contact. And so I, I, I take pride in, um, you know, his his professionalism and, and his polish, uh, you know, even though he's considered the fourth muser on, on the ticket in Dallas uh, and, and they poke fun at him you know, what you see is what you get. And, and I try to uh, aspire to do that every day, right? No one is perfect. Uh, but you try to put your best foot forward, uh, and, and just be transparent, uh, be honest, upfront, uh, and, and, and be true to yourself. And, and that really resonates with people.
0: Man, that is so good. I, I love that. I appreciate you sharing that. I, uh, I want to ask you this around. Uh, well, I always like to use the term find your lane. Like, when did you find your lane? Because you were Again, you were in in broadcast journalism early on. Now you're sure. in corporate recruiting. Was there a time
1: where you you like you just found your calling? Well, I would say probably when I was at Talent Dynamics. So I had left, you know, the the day to day of a broadcast television news newsroom sports department, and when I was at Talent Dynamics before, I kind of transitioned completely uh, into a, a corporate talent acquisition environment because people. Um, really reached out to me uh, for my my expertise. They viewed viewed me as an industry insider, as a as an SME subject matter expert, and so that's really continued throughout my career in, in corporate talent acquisition. People come to me because they know that you know I have it. I have the answer, or if I don't have the answer, I'm going to work hard to get the answer and then follow up with them. And so I would probably say uh, from my time at Talent Dynamics, starting in 2000. So over the nat- over the last probably 20 years, I've really been on that leadership lane, really focusing on, on, on honing my craft and getting better. And so it's just built on itself every every stop I've been on uh, along the road, pun intended there, right? Uh, keep keeping my vehicle, uh, my my personal and professional development, um, you know, on, on the straight and narrow. Uh, but it probably started back at Talent Dynamics when I was seen as a uh, you know it, with internal and inside stakeholders as well as vendors and outside partners. As, as, a, as a go-to guy, hmm. uh, in terms of being able to be counted on, relied on, uh, and, and someone that would, uh, would, would make the best decision possible.
0: You know, when you uh, talk about that, I think about, uh, I think I might have mentioned this to you, but I've uh, just finished writing my book. It comes out in October. All right. Life in the Leadership Lane. And uh, to parallel with the podcast, but one of the things I talk about uh, in the last chapter is the importance of belief, belief. And it sounds like there's some people that believed in you, uh, Talent Dynamics, uh, as you found your lane in that particular area. How important is belief? uh, And and what do you try to do to instill that
1: in others? Sure. I I would say it starts with confidence. Hmm. Not not having an ego, not being cocky, but just confidence in your ability to to impact others, impact what you're doing, ask, uh, impacting what you're expected to do on a daily basis. And so, you know, I love that word because, you know, I think Jimmy Johnson, uh, the, the Cowboys head coach, talked about he believed they were going to win Super Bowls. Right. I believe that I'm going to make a difference with with what our, whatever I'm doing. Right. And, and I've hopefully hopefully instilled that with my wife my, my college age daughter, and other people in my sphere of influence, because I I believe what Jimmy Johnson believes, right? If you believe it, it will happen, right? It's not a woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? It's got to, you have to believe. It's kind of giving me goosebumps talking about it right now on the podcast here, Bruce, in terms of, you have to believe you can do something. It's that innate confidence. Now, does that happen overnight? No, I'm different than I was 25, 30 years ago. I wish I'd been able to tell my my 15-year-old self that, but but it does come with believing that you can do something and then instilling that, 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 that confidence, that wisdom in others. And then, then, then it basically it's, it's uh, uh, organically, they'll start believing in themselves and and have that confidence. And so uh, it's very timely that Jimmy mentioned that during his hall of fame speech, because I truly believe it, because if he didn't believe it, then, then Troy Aikman and and Emmett and Michael and the other Cowboys wouldn't have believed that they were going to go from one in 15 to super bowl champions. And so, Uh, You know, I'm all about having a winning attitude, a positive attitude, because if you do have a positive attitude, that's where the confidence comes into.
0: That is so good. You know, we uh, by the way, for those of you listening right now, you need to get out your pen, get out your notepad, get out your journal. You need to be taking notes here because there's going to be some gems. I was uh, we're taping this in August and this is going to actually uh, go live uh, first week of October. Great. And uh, the the Hall of Fame speech uh, just finished. And yes, I heard Jimmy Johnson say that. Uh, they said, you know, why, why, why did you say that? You know, is it confident? He said, I believed. I believed. I was like, that is so great. Hey, I want to I talk leadership 2021. One of the things I do like to ask my guests, you know, there's so many different, uh, I don't know, definitions or perspectives around leadership. If someone asked you, How would you define leadership? What, how, how would you,
1: what would you say to that? I think it's pretty, pretty easy. We don't have to write, uh, you know, a college thesis about leadership. I think it's truly being an open door. I think it's being an active listener. I think it lead, it it means lead by example. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. I mean, those are what five, six things that someone can do to be a leader, not a manager, right? Be a leader. And, And I think, that's, you know, regardless of, uh, of your size of, of organa- organization, how much someone, how much experience someone has or the hourly salary, or commission position, you can do those things. And those are basic, I think, basic building blocks, basic blocking and tackling, using the football analogy, that someone can do to really make a difference within an organization, regardless of it's, pi- uh, you know, privately held, family owned, public, uh, you know, whatever, whatever size of the organization. But the key is, is, is be authentic. Be authentic.
0: I love that word authentic. I, uh, I will tell you that uh, you're right on. You're right on with leadership. And I love how you shared all those different things. I want to ask you about leading and talent acquisition. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm curious, like, what do you enjoy most about talent acquisition? I mean,
1: and, and, and times have changed a little bit, haven't they? They have. Well, I mean, I, I think 20 years ago, people were using like Career Builder and Monster, and now it's more Indeed and LinkedIn, right? And so even our recruiting platforms have changed, right? The, the vehicles we're using, the, the, the spend we're, we're, we're do, dealing with budget-wise on an annual basis has changed. And so what gets me really excited is finding that diamond in the rough, finding that passive candidate that really checks a lot of boxes, right? There's no perfect candidate, right? There's no perfect resume. There's no perfect LinkedIn profile. There's no perfect interview, but you can certainly get try to get as close as possible. And, and what really gets me excited is, is finding someone that wasn't necessarily looking at our opportunity or at our company, and I'm knocking on, on, their, on their door and we, we come together, we make a money marriage, uh, and, and they're a fantastic employee day one and then five, 10, 15 years down the road. Uh, when I interviewed with Hernco and DNM Leasing, they talked about, we want to find uh, somebody that's going to work for us for the next 10, 15, 20 years. They told me that during the interview. So I went in knowing that they're not just, this is not just going to be something that they're going to uh, take lightly. And so I approach it the same way, right? I want somebody that's going to be a difference maker, regardless of their position within the organization. We're all on the same team. Uh, and so uh, for me, it's finding that, that difference maker, regardless if it's a uh, you know a top producing sales sales agent or someone in accounting or finance or support staff, administrative uh, uh, clerk, whatever the case may be, because they all are, are we're all basically rowing in the same direction, and that's what's that's get what gets me excited uh, about building a team um, because we're all we're all wanting to. Uh, excel and finding those, those, those A players, and maybe they go from being an A player to an A-plus player because of the culture, the environment, the onboarding, the coaching, the training. So all of that I'm involved in on a daily basis, and I've been doing that uh, now for over a decade, and that, it, it doesn't get old for me.
0: I feel your excitement. That is fantastic. Uh, let me ask you this. Is there a, you know, before, before this uh, COVID pandemic, uh, the, 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 you know, one of the themes in, in age, in the HR space was there's a war on talent and here mm-hmm. we are, you know, in, in the middle of it and it's still the s- same thing. There's a war on talent. Mm-hmm. Is there a war on talent? And number one and number two, I, I just want to ask you like, is remote work making things more challenging? Talk a little bit about that.
1: Sure. So I would say that there is a, there is a battle in uh, mm-hmm. talent because there are a lot of great companies out there. Uh, it, primarily what I'm doing for, for Co and DNM is probably 90% sales related. And so there are a lot of great companies that are looking for great talented sales individuals. So again, it goes back to storytelling. Why is my opportunity, right? Why is my position, uh, and career, um, Job opening better than someone else's, and so I, I maybe it's a, maybe it's not necessarily quite a war, but it's definitely a battle because you have to really separate yourself from other other job postings, uh, other other talent acquisition professionals that are that are talking to these candidates as well, and so uh, you want to strike a chord with them uh, on why your opportunity uh, is better than some someone else's. Um, regarding um, you know the the actual idea of, of talent acquisition, I think it has gotten harder. Because some people over the last 12 to 18 months, because of a global pandemic and just loosening up of of business practices, some people may or may not want to be in an office environment, right? They want that hybrid flexibility of working remotely or working from home five days a week or two, three days a week. And so finding finding talent that are open to depending on what type of work environment. And so for us, we're basically an in-office position. Some people do have the ability, for instance, to work remotely and they've stayed remote since COVID because they've been a, a top producer. So there's, there's that flexibility, you earn that, you earn the ability to ha- have a, a more um, flexible schedule and, and, and work, work office environment. And so, but it, I, it has been more, um, I wouldn't say taxing, but it has definitely been more of an interesting uh, conversation the last twelve to 12 to 16 months, talking with candidates of uh, 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 various experience levels, uh, given given the the work environment, the hybrid, the remote, the you know, some people have never done a Zoom before, or maybe so burned out on Zooms they they want to meet people in person, and so um, it, it's it's a balancing act, Bruce. It really it really is, and finding that sweet spot of folks that you know fit a specific need within an organization.
0: No, that's fantastic. Hey, I want to I want to ask you this, and this is really for all the listeners out there right now that. They're listening and they're trying to find that next. Of course, I heard you said you're hiring salespeople. So mark we, that out. I'm, gro-
1: I'm in growth mode all over the company. <laughs> I mean, we have we have dealerships west of Fort Worth near Wichita Falls. I've got a finance company. I've got a pre-owned operation. I've got, uh, literally, we have all kinds of, uh, of opportunities. And so if someone is listening and they're interested, I'd love to network with them.
0: Well, let me ask you this. Let, let's get let's do let's take a deeper dive. Let's give them a few tips. Uh, sure. Something you said earlier, and you talked about the importance of camera presence. Yes, and you said that early on in your broadcasting that helped you in broadcasting. Talk a little bit about the importance of camera presence because I th- I would think that's pretty important. If you if you uh, get a resume from a candidate and you said, hey, let's have an interview, and you're on video. I think that's going to be a pretty, pretty important. Would you well, that say is that? Deemed,
1: in the HR world, a video interview is deemed a, a legitimate interview. That counts as an in-person potentially, right? And so depending on your organization. And so, you know, being dressed for success, not wearing a, you know, a backward baseball cap and a t-shirt to, to meet someone like you or I for an interview, um, you know, you want to make a good first impression, mm. right? Asking impression, and so being camera ready is is filling the frame, right? It is literally dressing for success. You don't necessarily have to wear a a, a coat and tie, but definitely a, a, a professional attire uh, and, and be ready uh, for for a zoom. And then obviously for an in person, be ready to uh, as I like to use this phrase: go win the interview to win the office. And if you're dressed for success and and you're camera ready, meaning in person or either on a on a, on a video interview. You, you're, you're, you give yourself a greater chance to make a, a great first impression and a lasting impression. But yeah, go win the interview to go win the office. I mean, it, it's pretty, pretty straightforward, Bruce.
0: I love that. Go win the interview to win the office. That is fantastic. Yes. Hey, I want to ask you this. What about for some of the candidates out there that um, you know, they're not having success in actually getting that interview. Do you ever, do you have any tips on, you know, what people might think about whenever they're, you know, that might, that they might want
1: to include on their resume? Sure. Well, for me, the resume is important, but not to say it's a throwaway, but it, it's, it, it's for the applicant tracking system, the ATS. For me, I think having someone having a, a robust digital footprint, i.e., their own personal website, or more importantly, their LinkedIn profile is huge, right? Because we're all going to Google. We're going to uh, Google your name. You're, they're going to Google my name. Who are we, right? And and if you're able to tell your story again, go back to storytelling. Uh, you're able to really facilitate uh, a dialogue just based off your digital footprint. What does your LinkedIn profile say? You've got a professional headshot, right? It, you could use your, your 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 iPhone. It doesn't have to be professionally done headshot, but something. That really represents who you are, right? As as a, as a first impression photo, and then kind of your your headline. What what are you looking to accomplish? What are you wanting to do? Are you wanting to stay the, in the same type of role and position? Are you looking to pivot and your career aspirations? But I really put great emphasis in talking with candidates, talking with folks that that reach out to me, network with me, our referrals to me. Focus on the LinkedIn profile, right? I'm a walking testimonial. Twice I have received job opportunities, and accepted positions off my LinkedIn profile. They had never seen my resume. It was my LinkedIn profile. So make sure you've got great content and are telling a great story on your LinkedIn profile. You know, they talk about the two-minute elevator speech. That doesn't exist anymore. Then they then they talked about the 30-second commercial about your personal pitch, right? That doesn't exist anymore. I'm going to go back to, you know, a TV broadcast TV term. It's the soundbite. What you, who are you in about eight to 12 seconds, right? What can you tell somebody about who you are in, in, in under 30 seconds? And that's key. And the same thing goes about the LinkedIn profile and the resume. What's on the, what's above the fold. I'll use an old newspaper term. What's above the fold, right? What's, what gravitates, uh, what, what, what is going to capture someone's attention, you know, real quick. Uh, and so that, that's where, what I really tell people is, is don't bury something on the bottom of page two, right? Focus on only having a two-page resume, but what separates you from somebody else? And and this is, my, this is my phrase. I actually have copyrighted, Bruce. What's your sizzle factor, right? What separates you from somebody else, right? Give me a reason to pick up the phone to give you a call and set up an interview and hire you. What's your sizzle factor?
0: I absolutely love that. It's fantastic. Sizzle factor. Remember right. that. Write that down, folks. Hey, I want to ask you this then. Um, since we're talking about LinkedIn, so important, and I agree with that. Um, What did you do? Like you said, you've been contacted, and yes. and you're a walking testimonial. Yes. How did you? Did you go out and get some tips on building your LinkedIn profile, or did you just keep laying bricks? How did you get sure. your LinkedIn profile? I, I where would say
1: it's a combination of a lot of things, Bruce. I, I took it upon myself for own my own personal and professional development. I went to LinkedIn, LinkedIn Connect, like we talked about. I've gone to LinkedIn uh, seminars on how to build out and uh, build out a robust profile. So it's been a a work in progress, and 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 the uh, uh, last probably five five to ten years, I've been working with individuals on how to enhance their their LinkedIn profile, right? And so we start with the LinkedIn profile, and then it morphs into the actual paper resume for an in person interview or an applicant tracking system. So it it is it is something that you need to work on, right? You need to build it out. It's you're not going to get to to 500 or more connections overnight, but you can certainly get there. You can work on those online recommendations that LinkedIn has made it very easy to, to secure. You can build out your, your employment page and your, uh, your achievements, your honors, uh, your headline, the about section, right? They, they've made it, LinkedIn uh, has made it very easy to, to sell yourself uh, and to tell your own story, going back to storytelling, right? And you can do that, um, but it literally takes, it takes time and effort Uh, to to put yourself out there, be proactive and network. And and LinkedIn is a great tool for that.
0: These things that you're sharing right now are invaluable. And I guarantee you, there's someone out there listening right now that says, you know what, I'm going to go to my LinkedIn and I'm going to update that. And so uh, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Hey, I do want to ask one more question around that, because one of the areas I noticed on your LinkedIn profile, uh, it says coach, coaching and, and social media. So I I have a two-part question. Uh, Well, uh, I think you answered the first question about how you coach people on their LinkedIn. It sounds like that's part of what you're doing. But the second question I have is putting your headline, uh, like for me, it, it says, you know, vice president of corporate relocation, author, board member of Texas. But then I have others that have maybe a quote or some just have some different energizing words.
1: How important is that? Is that right underneath your picture? Sure, I, I think the LinkedIn headline is huge. I also think the About section is huge. It's all, it's all about SEO, right? Search engine optimization. You want people to find you, regardless if you're in in an executive C-suite role, right? Someone like me who's in town HR, recruiting, uh, sales, and so I whatever whatever you think is going to you know grab someone's attention. You know, on mine, you know, I, I use about, you know, I like the rule of three, right? So, you know, the rule of three or maybe five, don't do don't really utilize odd numbers. Maybe that's just something that's quirky about me, but I like the rule of three. And so, you know, for me, it's it's communication, it's talent acquisition. You know, I put on there a coach. And I, I've kind of been that career coach or, or guide. I've, I've worked with executives to build out their LinkedIn profile. I've done it at, at previous employers. I, I've done it now with with D&M and and hernco um, but the key thing for the headline and the about is, is leverage keywords and buzzwords, right? You don't necessarily have to have your current job title as your headline. We're going to see that later uh, below in, in your LinkedIn profile, but come up with, with keywords and buzzwords that that represent who you are, because I am a career coach, right? I am a coach. I am a trainer. I am a mentor. I am an MC. Um, and that really stemmed from uh, literally following my time at Talent Dynamics. And then people like Whitman, how did you get out of television? You're now in corporate America. What did you do? And so people were literally knocking on my door through, through Facebook or LinkedIn or word of mouth and calling me, emailing me and, and helping them uh, put their digital footprint together. And so it's very important to have keywords and buzzwords uh, throughout your LinkedIn profile, especially on that headline, because you're more than just your job title. You and I are more than just our job title. I'm. You're more than the VP of Relocation. I'm more than just a talent acquisition manager, right? We have different skill sets. We have different attributes that that tell tell us tell us and tell others who we are and what we're all about, right? Our our personal journey, our story.
0: Man, that's energizing. I love that. That is so so good. I appreciate you sharing that. Hey, I want to ask you. You also, as we're as we're talking about leading uh, in our careers, you also do some volunteer. Uh, leadership as well. Looks like you are uh, support ATD in Dallas as well as uh, looks like maybe the Habitat Humanity. How how important is volunteer leadership? Talk a little bit about that. Well, because
1: I think it allows me to, you know, get outside the the, the business sandbox. Right, I, I'm able to. I'm very passionate about Habitat for Humanity. You know, I've been involved with or Interfaith Habitat. For 20 years now, and, and we build one to two houses a year. So it's not necessarily about the the number of houses, the volume of houses, but we're very proud that we've built over 40 homes over the last 25 years within the organization. Um, but I, I'm stretching myself. I'm not necessarily. If you ask my wife, I'm not very much a handyman. But for, for a few Saturdays, for a few Saturdays every year, I get out there with a tool belt and and, and I'm a worker bee. And, and I've and I've learned more skills. I've and I, I'm 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 working uh, my brain and my body. Uh, in different ways than just talent acquisition and human resources. Uh, Same thing with ATD. I did, I I reached out and and started uh, networking and joined ATD over three years ago for my own personal development. I wasn't initially getting that from my my, uh, employer at the time. And so, you know, I went out and searched an organization where I could personally learn and grow. I'm a big believer in having to not just be idle, right? And so, you know, that's why I'm involved with Habitat. I'm involved with ATD. And how can I help? You know, raise my hand, right? Get tapped on the shoulder for, for assignments and, and projects. And so I get great satisfaction in helping both these organizations because they may be getting something out of me, but it, it, the big picture, I'm getting probably more out of it than they are. Uh, and that really satisfies me and, and, and who I am at, in my core.
0: Let me ask you this: For someone listening right now, we talked about the candidates and, and how they can, you know, uh, uh, elevate their presence on camera, their LinkedIn profile. What about, like, what about networking? How important is it to network as a candidate? Do you do you uh, do you ever find candidates networking,
1: or do you think that's uh, something that candidates just think about? Well, I, I think regardless if you're in an active or passive job search, you should always be networking. Mm. They always ABC always be closing right from a sales perspective. I think it's always be networking. It doesn't matter if you're in an active job search, you're underemployed, you're unemployed, you're you have you're, you have job dissatisfaction, you should always be networking, right? Because you never know what 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 one rock would, would you know uh, uncover another opportunity. So um you know I think it was actually through my time at Talent Dynamics is how I made my way to Van Tyle Group. Someone I knew In broadcast television, his sister-in-law was working at Van Tile Group. So it's truly the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. And so I'm a big proponent of that. I'm probably, you know, employee number one when it comes to Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. So networking is huge. Don't just start networking when you're in a job search. You need to always be networking.
0: Always be networking. A-B-N, that is fantastic. A B N.
1: love that. I love it. Hey, I want
0: to I shift gears just a little bit, and and you talked a little bit about you're leading your team, but I want to talk about leading Jed. Uh, mm-hmm. I would love to know, you know, are you an early riser? What, what, do you have a daily practice yes. that you have <laughs> that keeps you on track? Talk a little bit
1: about that. Well, I used to be up really late because when I was in broadcast television, I was typically working two to midnight. Now, obviously, in corporate America, I'm more of a Monday through Friday you know, eight to six kind of guy, but no, I'm definitely an early riser. Uh, you know, always kind of have you know my 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 head is spinning, my you know my brain is always working on things, and so uh, I'm always very busy. But I'm I, I consider myself very highly organized and well-rounded. Uh, outlook like crazy. I color code uh, Outlook. I, I'm really uh, I block my day. I learned that in the executive search world. Blo- blocking your day is important to stay on task, right? And also do what's do what's closest to the finish line or closest to the dollar. What what do you need to do today that needs to get done, right? Do what do what's uh, you know not necessarily um, the easiest thing to do because you could easily check check off a box doing the easy, thing, but do things that are going to make the most impact. And a lot of times that that could be something that's most important, right? As it relates to to hiring, don't wait till tomorrow. To, to create an offer letter or, or extend a verbal offer, right? Do it then and there. Don't wait 24 hours because you may lose that candidate going back to that, that war or battle of talent, right? Do it right then and there. But so, no, I'm, I'm an early riser. I'm very active, very busy. Uh, you know, I, I'm primarily in the office, but when I do work from home, I probably start my day earlier and end my day later working from home. So I'm not one of those uh, folks that, um, you know, is, 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 uh, uh, laying back and 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 sitting on the couch. I, I'm a very active professional.
0: Yeah, I uh, I'm with you on that. I w- I would say when I'm in the when I work at home, I probably work much longer hours. I start earlier <laughs> and work later. That's fantastic. Listen, I appreciate you sharing that. I think the blocking the time yeah. and I love closest to the finish line. That's fantastic. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that for sure. Good. Hey, I want to ask you. You've given some incredible, incredible advice today. But I always like to ask my guests: Has there ever been? Have you ever got any or received any advice that was just so good? You just always
1: find yourself sharing that with others. I would say, for for me, is be true to yourself, right? You know, they you hear sometimes the phrase "fake it until you make it," but is that really who you are, right? And so, you know, the the advice I've been given that I that really hold true is is really work hard, play hard, right? Put a smile on your face, stay positive, um, and just really be grateful. I mean, I think I've probably picked up that, I would probably say that over the last five or 10 years is is be grateful for what you have, the people around you, your family, your friends, your sphere of influence. Um, So so all of that, I think it goes back to maybe, not necessarily a hard skill, but maybe the soft skills of, of gratitude, uh, and being very, being going back to my word earlier, authentic. And so uh, that's what I try to tell people is because people will resonate with people. Uh, if you're in a candidate or you're in an interview, um, if you're, if you're who you are and you're authentic and true and upfront and transparent that resonates with people. Uh, and so, you know, they talk about hard skills and soft skills during interview, the soft skills really um, are a lot of times the tiebreaker, right? Mm-hmm. D- can they read the body language your smile what's going on with your eyes and, and and your face and that type of thing
0: your body language can be the tiebreaker that listen that's right on i i had ed curtis he's the ceo of Y texas uh on for show number 10 and he said that very same thing be true to yourself right you don't realize the power that has you know a lot of times you see different people and you're like I need to be like them or more like them but it's always about more of hey take the inspiration from them
1: and make it yours right mm-hmm. well and i think what people have told me through the years if you go on my linkedin profile and read my recommendations for instance i am who i am right i, I haven't changed over the last 20 25 years across different industries across different companies what you see is what you get and hopefully that is is someone that you can respect admire and 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 people value as as a manager as a leader as a mentor
0: hey i'm glad you brought that up i want want to touch on that before we go to it's time to accelerate the last thing and that is linkedin recommendations i did notice you had like over 50 recommendations which it it, first of all it says a lot about you as a leader and as a person Uh, but not only have you received that many you've given away many Mm -hmm. as well how important is the LinkedIn recommendations, and how should people go about really trying to uh, accelerate in that area?
1: Well, you you don't necessarily need to have fifty like me, but but I've been in different industries, different sandboxes with different companies, and and it gives it gives folks that want to know more about who I am a, a good cross section, a good reference point of of who I am, regardless if it's someone who offered it up as a peer, a, as a supervisor, as an executive, a, a vendor partner I've had, and so. Uh, I, I think getting LinkedIn recommendations is, is the is the new version of of, of a paper reference list, right? Mm. It allows someone to instantly know more about who you are, and so I put great stock, great value uh, in, in your in your recommendation list on LinkedIn. Without question.
0: Yeah, that is so good. I didn't think about it that way. That is that is today's references, and <laughs> it you know, is. and, and it something is. else about that too is that. When you get these recommendations, it also boosts your confidence. And when you give those recommendations, it makes you think through how you, you know, what you want to say. And that also is is part of your development and growth, isn't it?
1: Well, uh, yes. And I would definitely say before you accept a recommendation, make sure you read through it. Make sure there aren't any misspellings or typos because you don't want to accept it and then have to go back to that person <laughs> and alter it and, and, and edit it and copy edit it. So. Make sure you read through it and, and it sounds right. It's the little things. It's the old, it's the old copy editor in me, making sure it, it it's spelled and, and said correctly.
0: You have given some incredible uh, value here, and I appreciate that. I want to I want to I want to shift over here to what I call it's time to accelerate. I told you the show goes by super fast. It does. <laughs> it does. And because we're having a purposeful conversation and it's yeah. so energizing. Hey, I want to ask you.
1: Uh, Would you rather read a book or listen to a podcast? Can I say both? Yes. So I love a good hardback, right? Or a good paperback, but podcasts are cool too because they're informative and they're kind of bite-sized. And so, you know, to answer your question, I'm going to say both. I'm going to say both.
0: That's fantastic. Got any uh, favorite books or podcasts that you've uh, run across in the last year?
1: Well, obviously yours, your podcast, yes. Everyone needs to tune in to, to your podcast. Um, I, I'm really, I'm a sports junkie, Bruce. I, I'm basically, I'm like like music. I have different genres, right? I, uh, you you can you can catch me watching all kinds of different things on uh, with sports and regarding books and podcasts. It's literally pretty eclectic. I think that goes back to me wanting to be a, um, uh, you know, a, a constant learner, right? It uh, there's not one subject that I that I uh, dominates my conversation, but I, I try to be as well-rounded as possible. So not one in particular outside of your podcast.
0: You know, you mentioned earlier, you talked a little bit about gratitude. I, what, what are you grateful for?
1: Well, our health, right? Given, given the global pandemic over the last year plus, my immediate and extended family, my wife, Sherry, my daughter, Avery, um, just my friend group, my professional network. Uh, I'm all about being happy and staying positive. And I lean into those people um, and help them and they help me.
0: Your energy is fantastic. And, and speaking of energy, I, I want to know outside of talent acquisition uh, and some of the things we talked about, uh, what energizes you? You do, you do anything personally, like uh, any uh, around
1: football or sure, exercising? Sure. What, what, well, what energizes I, I, you? I, I, used to, I used to play softball uh, in, a, in a co-ed league, in a men's league not so much anymore. My, my passion, I guess, is watching sports, watching movies. Uh, I'm a huge fantasy football player, and so I'm really looking forward to this upcoming season. As you can imagine, I am an energetic guy. <laughs> Super Bowl winning team is named Enthusiasm. That should probably be my middle name. My fantasy football team name is Enthusiasm, and so I think that resonates with who I am as, as personally and professionally and how I approach life, how I approach work, um, and so no, I, I'm a sports guy, right? I, I enjoy uh you know, watching all kinds of sports and, and looking forward to fantasy football.
0: Hey, sign me up for team enthusiasm. That is fair. There you go. I love that. Hey, I got two more questions. Uh, first question I want to ask is, you know, like I mentioned, we're we're, we're this is gonna air in October mm-hmm. uh, 2021. I, I'm just curious, like what are you like what are you really looking forward to, you know, as we close out 2021 and, and then get into 2022.
1: Sure. Well, you know, I, again, I'm probably a, uh, you know, I live in the fast lane as well, just personally and professionally, but I could easily be a man of leisure. And so I'm looking forward to some some time with family vacations, right? And, and and you know, the, the Smoky Mountains in New England in, in the fall, hopefully, you know, uh, weather permitting and, and COVID permitting. But, you know, in terms of, you know, I don't really slow down. Throughout the year, we don't really have a slow period with what I do in town acquisition. And I'm always hunting, right? I'm not a farmer. I'm really hunting. And so uh, really for the rest of this year, Q3, Q4, Q1 of 2022, um, you know, it's really, uh, you know, full speed ahead in terms of, you know, going out and identifying great talent that are going to make an impact. Uh, the bottom line, I always talk about, this is a phrase I use when I'm talking to candidates. For me, it, it's about driving a, a profitable uh, candidate and and employee experience right having a great candidate experience becomes a profitable employee experience for both them and for us uh, from the employer side and so uh, i'm just excited about what what lies ahead just because um there's a lot going on uh and we're we're very much in growth mode and uh, that's what's exciting to me is that so much is so much is ahead of us uh you know over the next 3 5 10 years that that gets me excited. And so for, for talent acquisition, uh, um, and anything is possible, which, which is exciting.
0: Man, I know Hernco is uh, blessed to have you, my friend. Uh, that is fantastic. Hey, I want to ask you one final question. This is the last question in the show. One of my favorite questions. And uh, here's the question. Uh, Jed, 10 years older, is around the corner knocking at your door, and you're going to go open that door.
1: What's he going to tell you? keep being who you are right continue to produce at a high level make an impact with your family with your friends uh, with hern Co and Dm uh, and that and that's the goal is to make a difference you know what what is that you know I, I guess we're all we're gonna be here in ten years knock on wood right knock on wood um, but you know what what, what do you want your, your tombstone to say? What, what do you want your obituary to say? I've unfortunately lost a few uh, Habitat friends over the last year plus, and I've been able to read their, their wonderful obituaries. And, and I'm really mindful of that, right? Your reputation management. So what, what is your reputation going to be, be like? What is it gonna say? What is it gonna look like? And so I'm very cognizant of that. And so I would tell my, my younger self, my older self, keep that in mind, right? Keep being who you are.
0: Man, I got to tell you, I got chills. And uh, I appreciate you sharing that. That is absolutely fantastic. I'm, listen, Jed, I'm so grateful for you coming on the show today and just sharing perspective and, and wisdom. Hey, if someone wanted to connect with you, learn a little bit more about, well, maybe about some of the jobs you're trying to fill, sure. or maybe you you just want to talk about the podcast, how's the best way for
1: them to connect? I would say the best way to reach me, I'm super active on LinkedIn. I'm on it every day. So, you know, Jed Gifford on LinkedIn. Uh my Twitter is Gifford Jed. Uh, uh in terms of career coaching, it's jedthecareercoach.com. I have my own website for that. Um, so yeah, just, just Google. They talk about Google yourself, right? Why don't you just Google Jed Gifford and you'll find my information.
0: I love it. I'll, uh, I'll put all of those links in the show notes. So people that listen could just click that link and you can connect with Jed and listen, you are definitely driving in the leadership lane. I appreciate everything you've shared today. I'm confident that someone out there is going to be better just because of this conversation. Uh, they might make a lane change, or maybe even just it might validate, "Hey, everything I'm doing is what he said." I'm just going to keep going. So for that, Good. I say thank you, and most importantly, I appreciate your
1: friendship. You bet, Bruce. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's it's been uh, it's been a blast. Thank you.
0: Yeah, you're welcome, man. I cannot wait to share this. I'll talk to you later.
1: Bye bye.